Listener Production. Did you know that there are more than 3,400 living species of snakes? Their vast diversity means that they can grow from as small as the earthworm-esque 10 centimetre long Barbados thread snake to the mammoth reticulated pythons. The longest recorded was found in 1912 and measured in at a staggering 10 metres. But how come venomous snakes don't poison themselves? Or constrictors suffocate when they squeeze their prey? What's the big deal about clitorises? And is our fear of snakes innate? I'm Emma Perfetto, journalist at Cosmos, and today I'm snaking my way through the science of snakes and why their bodies are just so darn cool. Researchers estimated in 2015 that snakes originated on land during the middle early Cretaceous. That's about 128 and a half million years ago. So yes, snakes used to get under the feet of dinosaurs too. The original snake ancestor was a nocturnal stealth hunting predator, and it likely had a pair of tiny little hind limbs with ankles and toes. Dinosaurs died out around 66 million years ago, and according to a 2021 study, while this was bad news for the dinos, it was fantastic for the snakes. It allowed them to have a much more diverse diet of birds, fish, and small mammals that were all flourishing at the time. And this new diet likely pushed their rapid diversification. Now you'll find snakes on every continent except for Antarctica and a few islands such as Iceland, Greenland, New Zealand, the Hawaiian archipelago, and of course, Ireland. They've conquered almost every ecosystem that isn't ice. Blind snakes in southeastern Australia are often mistaken for earthworms, burrowing their way underground using the tunnels made by insects. Green tree pythons wind through the trees, shrubs and bushes of their rainforest homes in Indonesia, Papua New Guinea and Australia. Green tree pythons wind through the trees, shrubs and bushes of their rainforest homes in Indonesia, Papua New Guinea and Australia. While sea snakes, like the banded sea crate, can live on land and in the ocean, swimming out to hunt on coral reefs to catch their food. Now, snakes are infamous for their fangs, but did you know that while they've evolved independently time and time again amongst the many lineages of venomous snakes, they're rarely seen in other reptiles. Fangs are modified teeth that are either grooved so that the venom is directed down them kind of like a water slide, or they're tubular, with the venom running through a canal inside of the teeth, like a needle. So why have snake teeth evolved into fangs so many times? Well, according to Australian researchers in 2021, it's all thanks to them co-opting one of their pre-existing dental features. There are these tiny little infoldings or wrinkles at the base of snake teeth, which may have evolved to help teeth attach more firmly to the jaw. These wrinkles are probably the precursors to fangs, becoming deeper and extending to the tooth tip. Now, venomous snakes have evolved some pretty interesting methods of resisting their own potentially deadly venom. It's not a great idea to produce a neurotoxin, for instance, if it's just going to turn around and damage you, right? Well, another Australian study has found that some snakes have evolved a way to stop their neurotoxins from binding to acetylcholine receptors on their muscles. These receptors are important for relaying the signals that allow muscles to contract. 
neurotoxins have a positive charge and are usually attracted towards molecules with a negative charge, like the ones you'd find in these receptors. So, some snakes have evolved a different, positively charged molecule called lysine in the place of the normal receptor amino acid. This means that both molecules are positively charged and they repel each other, like trying to force the same poles of two magnets together. This prevents their own pesky neurotoxins from paralysing their own muscles. But not all snakes are venomous. Some have used other means to get their lunch. Constrictors have this remarkable ability to subdue and then consume and digest massive prey. But have you ever wondered how exactly they're able to manage it all while still being able to breathe? A 2022 study on boa constrictors finally squeezed the truth out of them, finding that these massive snakes are able to move specific segments of their ribs. This allows them to breathe with certain sections of their lungs when others are hindered by constriction. They do this by independently activating the muscles around specific ribs. For instance, when the ribs further back were being constricted, they breathed using the ribs closer to the head, and vice versa. Speaking of muscles connected to the ribs, these are also what makes it possible for snakes to move their long, flexible bodies to slither, climb, and swim without any arms or legs, along with their scales, of course. Looking at their skin under the microscope, a couple of years ago, a team of physicists found that normal slithering snakes had microscopic spikes on their scales, which pointed from their head to their tail. Acting like the tread on a shoe or tyre, the spikes stopped the snake from sliding around, but they also helped create enough friction for it to push off from the surface to start moving. Sidewinders are some of the weirdest moving snakes of all. Found in the deserts of North America, Africa and the Middle East, these snakes lead their movement with the middle of their bodies instead of their heads. When they move, they throw their bellies to the side, move it up and over the sand, kind of like a skipping rope. And instead of spikes, these snakes have tiny uniform pits on their belly scales, which has a few advantages. There's little to no frictional drag caused by rough bellies, making their movements across loose, movable sand much more efficient. And when they lift themselves over the sand, they plop down really evenly because the pits don't push in any specific direction. One time, when I was five, I was playing on a slip and slide in my front garden in the middle of summer. When it was time to turn off the hose, I ran around to our driveway to get to the tap stopped dead in my tracks, screamed blue murder, and ran the other way again. There was a baby brown snake a metre away from me. I probably scared that poor little snake as much as it scared me, though, because despite the fact that they have no eardrum or outwardly visible ears, snakes aren't deaf. Most people typically assume that snakes can only feel vibrations through the ground and into their bodies. But according to a study from this year, They can hear airborne sounds too. The Woma pythons tended to move towards sound, while taipans, brown snakes, and especially death adders were all more likely to move away from it. The researchers think that these different reactions are likely because of differing evolutionary pressures on the snakes. 
Speaking of a fear of snakes, though, I've definitely heard that it's an innate fear that we humans don't have to learn. But according to a 2020 review of the current scientific evidence, that just isn't supported by the science. Babies have been shown to respond to images of snakes with a range of unlearned behaviours, including changes in heart rate, rapid detection, approaching them, exploratory looking and touching, and even positive or neutral facial expressions and vocalisations. But instead of indicating an innate fear, the researchers say that these behaviours encourage infants to explore new things, while maintaining the flexibility to develop a fear if they discover that the stimulus is threatening. Now, I've saved the best for last, with a critical, sorry, critical discovery from the end of 2022. In a world first, Australian scientists found the snake clitoris for the first time. Before then, the snake clitoris, which is actually called a hemiclitoris, had often been misidentified as prominent scent glands in the tail of the female. Other times, structures in intersex snakes that were more similar to a hemipenis, a snake penis, have been misidentified as hemiclitorises. In male snakes, the hemipenises sit inside the tail in a way that's similar to when you ball up your socks. When the male inflates one of the two, it averts out of its body through the cloaca and can then be inserted during mating. Fascinating. Hemiclitorises can't be averted. They're internal structures, which may explain why they've been overlooked for so long. They're just less in your face about it. But all jokes aside, this research fills a really important gap in our understanding of female genitalia across the animal kingdom. It raises questions about whether hemiclitorises are as diverse as hemipenises and challenges the previous assumption that serpent mating behaviour involves coercion instead of seduction. Thanks for listening to me rattle on about the science of snakes. For the latest in science news, don't forget to check out The Science Briefing, also available here on the Listener app, and head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Hunt Science Explained.